Hi, you're listening to 84, the podcast for early stage startup marketers and founders who are looking for go-to-market strategies that'll make the best use of your limited capital and help you innovate towards product market fit. In this episode of AD4, we talk about how to transform your website redesign process, how to define the roles that um, each individual and type of individual should have, and how to really change the culture at your startup around um, how you approach your website. In today's episode of AD4, we are talking all about the website. Now, the first thing to think about when you think about the website is that you need to think beyond just the blog and optimizing the blog to generate emails and the landing pages for ebooks. See, what happens in most B2B SaaS startups is that marketers and founders treat their homepages incorrectly. They treat them like a brochure. And as a result, you get a web page. And really what marketers need to consider is marketers need to consider the entire website and they need to weave it together to create a unified experience. So when you think about a piece of copywriting you're making, right, um, what's the objective of each piece of copy? Well, each piece of copy is designed to get you to read the next piece of copy by creating the desire. And eventually it's designed to get you to take some sort of action, arrive at some sort of conclusion. Now, in the same way, your entire website needs to create an integrative experience that helps a prospect arrive at some sort of conclusion or directs them to some sort of action. So let's, let's take an example of a B2B SaaS homepage. So what is the goal really of a B2B SaaS homepage? Well, when a visitor arrives at your homepage, your first goal has to be to sell them on the core idea of your product. And it's impossible to do this um, unless you've developed a deep understanding of your customer and you also have a clear idea of your positioning in the market. So if you can combine knowledge of your customer and your product um, with a landing page that rips prospects out of their days and dumps them into the middle of the story you want to tell them, you will sell the visitor on the core idea of your product and create many more conversions from your website than you're doing now. Now, the reason that your homepage isn't working right now for your B2B SaaS product is that this is there's three problems, three grave errors that most um, B2B SaaS homepages suffer from. So the first error is lack of information. The second is you're not offering any value. And the third is that you only have either no opportunities for conversion or only one opportunity for conversion. And that conversion opportunity is one that's all the way at the bottom of the funnel. So Think about these three errors. Now, if you think about any marketing activity, at the end of it, the goal is to either produce interest or awareness or sales. Of course, you can't ever achieve sales or demo requests if the very idea behind your product, your positioning and benefits is not being sold first. So you need to not only sell your product, your positioning and your benefit and have more value props and offer more information and create more opportunities for conversion that are all across the funnel or the customer journey, if that's how you think about it. So there's a formula for successful homepages and really you can apply it to any type of landing page, but specifically for a B2B SaaS homepage, the successful B2B SaaS homepage is able to answer every single question a visitor has and rebut every concern they bring up. 
and it is also able to offer non-product value props to create conversions. So to, to achieve that and to solve the three grave errors behind why most of your web pages don't work, the first step you have to take is set the foundation for your marketing on your website. So you have to create three comprehensive lists. The first list is make a list of every question your ideal customer could have about your product or service. Once you've done that, really make sure you make, you make a list of every single question. Second, make a list of every possible objection your ideal customer could have about your product or service. Really think about every possible objection they could have in each one of your personas. Third, make a list of the desires, wants, and needs of your ideal customer. Now that you have these three lists, you are armed with the base information you need to cover in your homepage. Now, when we think about organizing the homepage, this is really important because that's a lot of information to cover. And you need to think about covering that information, balancing it with providing a web experience instead of a website. And third, combining it with providing value and providing value across the entire um, customer journey or marketing funnel, whichever term you like. So how do you do that? Well, I believe that the homepage for B2B SaaS product should have eight components in these orders. Um, now I've gotten this from studying a course and th through personal experience with over, dozen, over a dozen B2B SaaS product homepages. Um, so the first section you need, of course, is the hero section. And if you're in a B2B SaaS product, that value prop for the hero section should be all about the big benefit for the big decision makers. Now, the big benefit for the big decision makers is almost always the same in B2B SaaS. Um, just the way you package it is gonna be different. So for example, your big decision makers are the ones that have budget authority on um, acquiring your product, right? So what you need to have here in your hero section value prop is an ROI calculator to show them the monetary value of, of your product and how it's actually gonna transform their marketing, their sales, their revenue, um, whatever industry it is that you've created your product for, all right? Second, you need your press bar and slash brag bar. Um, so ideally, what you want here are three customer quotes that are short and punchy that are each going to show off um, customers praising a specific benefit that differentiates your product from the other ones in your category. And you need this in the second section right away because um, in the hero section, your copy is going to make a big claim about your position in the market. And, you know, if someone scrolls down because they didn't click on the value prop one um, and, and proceed down that experience, it means they need a little bit more convincing about the claim. So what you're hoping here is that by having um, that press bar brag bar with quotes from big decision makers at your customers supporting the foundations that make up your claim to positioning in the marketplace that you made in the hero section, you will be able to push some big decision makers to convert on value prop one. Now, moving on to the third section, which is value prop number two, and that has to be the pain identification quiz. So you need to go then help someone identify what pain it is they're actually experiencing. And what you're gonna do at the end of the quiz is you're gonna position your solutions as possible um, you know, ways to solve that pain, right? So this will really help with someone that 
is um, aware of some sort of pain but doesn't really quite know exactly what's going wrong and um, it'll help you to get them to that aha moment of, wow, okay, you know what, this product can, this type of product can actually solve um, this pain I'm experiencing. This is definitely the pain that I'm experiencing. Now, section number four, um, hopefully in section three, the pain identification quiz, um, you have helped them clearly identify what their pain is. So section four, um, you want to have a product section, and this is where you go over the big benefits and uh, segments of your product. And here you just want to entice, don't overwhelm. So stay with high-level benefits. Now, this, the fifth section is the frictionless demo request. And this is value prop three. The frictionless demo request is different for each type of B2B SaaS product. But you need to think about how you can present your demo request um, in a way that really shows that it is personalized, that it is customized, and that it is interactive, and it's made just for them. So this is where you need to kind of put on your creative hat and think about ways to make your demo request sound like more than demo requests and actually be like more than a demo request. Now, after this, you have section six, value prop number four, which is irresistible feature positioning. And this really is a copywriting job. Again, you need to make sure you are writing about your features in the right ways and calling out the things that are important to your persona. Finally, number seven is a section with influencer social proof. So if you've engaged any sort of influencer in your category or an analyst or someone that's well-known that said something about your product, you wanna put it here and you wanna show them um, the actual product here as well. So if you have you know, UIs and things like that, this is where you wanna be able to direct someone to the UI and the actual product experience. Because if they've scrolled this far down the page, they're probably just interested in seeing the product at this point. And number eight is for people that are really just looking is um, you want a footer with an email list sign up and this is your foot in the door conversion and um, you want links to your new content. Now what goes wrong with most B2B SaaS startups that they can't you know quickly iterate on their website to actually create an, an experience that's cohesive that has CTAs all up and down the funnel and actually will guide someone to developing interest in understanding your positioning. Well, the problem is that you most most marketing teams and startup companies um, suffer from this issue of thinking about a website in terms of a website relaunch rather than in terms of website iterations, right? So the, the difference between the two is that a website relaunch really only can happen once every couple of years and that a website relaunch involves a lot of stakeholders and it doesn't have um, someone clearly reading it, leading it and prioritizing factors. And really what happens is that you have too many chefs in the kitchen. So your VP of sales wants to change this thing, your CEO wants to change this thing, and each week that you try to get the requirements gathered for fully relaunching the website, your older website is falling further and further into irrelevancy and you are just not able to move fast enough, right? So there's a better way to go about doing this. And what that better way achieves is it makes marketing design and development um, individuals at your company that are responsible for the website able to collaborate on improving the website much faster. Um, it uses actual user feedback and website usage to adjust the website rather than subjective opinions from stakeholders who aren't even marketers. Um, and second, at third rather, it takes a iterative and incremental approach to 
turning the website into a growth driver and reflection of the company's innovation, right? So if you don't have this iterative and incremental approach to your website, you'll never make enough changes and run enough tests to get the website that is going to really transform your business, right? So there are about seven or nine steps to changing your website relaunch process into an agile and iterative process, which is again, the same concept that goes into lean startup, right? So the first thing that you need to make sure you do is make sure your marketing teams can change the website at will, right? So if your marketing team can't publish new content without involving IT, um, you need to give them control over when content is published on the website and how it's published. Thankfully, many startups that I see at least are working with WordPress. Um, and um, actually, it's not true. Almost every startup I've worked at, we've had to transition over to WordPress. Honestly, every startup should just start off with their website on WordPress. It's the best way. It's the easiest way for marketing to own and be able to publish on, at will, which is critical to making a successful website. Second thing you need to change is marketing needs to own all operations associated with the website and have final authority on those operations. Just like a product manager has final authority on product operations and product decisions, the marketing team must have final authority on website decisions. The third thing we have to do is need to increase the speed at which you're iterating. So rather than iterating on the website every year or once every couple of years, you need to empower your marketing team to iterate on the website every single week. And it's only by making changes really, really fast, right, that you're going to be able to really transform the performance of your website. It can't just be a new type of landing page. It, has, it can't just be a new blog post. It has to be a change in an offer a change in copy, a change in the actual interactive experience. Next thing you must do is you absolutely have to connect and align your website with business issues you're running into. So for example, if your go-to-market strategy has changed and now you believe you need to focus on a different type of customer, your website needs to reflect that. And it's only by having these iterative fast processes that marketing owns in place that your website's going to have the agility to adjust to market conditions and strategy changes in time for it to be relevant. Now, the next thing you got to do is educate everyone that might have an opinion about the website, about the process of adding to the website. And this is really as simple as making sure that everyone in the org understands how new features can be added to the website and that they can contribute to the backlog to submit ideas for new features and that the website features are going to be prioritized based on whether or not they add value to the business strategy in real time, right? Now you have two more things that you need to do to transform how you are going about iterating on your website. First, you really need to have the right team in place to do this. And what I found is you need marketers who are really good at copy. You need marketers really good at copy and content. You need marketers that can think about the demand gen funnel. You need marketers that can think about the customer story and the life cycle. You need the marketers that can think about the product and really understanding it and understanding the customer needs and the personas. And then you need people who can think about experiences. So you want someone that can think about the user experience of the website because the website really needs to be a almost like an app that someone goes in and interacts with. It needs to provide an app level of frictionless um, web experiences for it to be really useful. Now you also need someone that has visual design 
locked, right? They need to, you don't want a marketer spending time on figuring out how the design, what the website should look like. They really should only focus on the copy and the experiences and conversion points and making sure that those align to the funnel and to your customer personas and to your, um, you know, your business strategy. So you need to have a designer that's well, well versed in, in creating clean web design and um, creating clean usable designs. And finally, you need developers that can think about business outcomes and can think about not only implementing the website changes, making them mobile responsive, making them um, right to increase conversions and doing things like removing nav bars and things like that when you're trying to convert and being able to connect them on the back end to the right things. So you almost, instead of a developer, you want a marketing, a very technical marketing ops person that can connect your website to your Parbot, to your sales ports, through your WordPress and make it look good and implement it exactly like it's been designed. Now, finally, what you need to do is you have to align all these people around a growth goal, right? So your website has to have a growth goal. Each section of your website has to have a goal and that goal and set of goals is what you need to spend your weekly iterations on testing and improving. Here's the three roles that you need to have explained a little more clearly. Your developers, right? You want a developer that understands marketing strategy and understands design, right? And when you're making design decisions and development decisions, you need to involve developers in those decision discussions because the developers need to provide their expertise about what decisions and changes are gonna require the least amount of technical resources and time to make. And you need to take that resource utilization of human capital into consideration when you're making these design changes. Now, your designers need to understand what the business rationale is behind changes in the design. And that's so they really understand that the website doesn't just need to look better, but it needs to meet the business objectives that you've set. And when you're making those visual decisions, you need to let the designers take the wheel and you need to give their let them get their input in on how to best redesign the page or graphic to make it the most effective. Now, finally, the marketers. The marketers, you know, you need to have them develop the strategy, really simple, you need to have them own the entire process, but you need to teach the marketers how to communicate with designers and collaborate with designers and communicate and collaborate with developers. So. If the marketers don't have some basic visual and technical expertise, it's going to be really challenging for you to implement this process.